Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. What I want to do, because a large part of this is, is generational dynamics and transactions, is I'm going to start um, putting people on the spot. Who said that? <laughs> Did you say that? I thought that was Yvonne. I could have sworn that was Yvonne. Like you threw your voice over there. So I want to have uh, Noel. I'm going to put you on the spot first. And I knew you probably knew it because you weren't making eye contact. So, (laughs) So come on up here. I'm putting him on the spot. You can handle it. So what I want you to do is just take like a few minutes and I want you to like recap everything for the family. Not everything, not everything, just whatever was highlighted, whatever stood out to you. If you want to like go off on this past couple weeks or, or whatever, just share about what your process in this and just kind of recap for everybody. Okay, because I'm, and I'll, I'll, <laughs> Thank you. okay, go ahead. Is this good? Yeah. Um, so I've had a couple conversations, one with uh, Derek and uh, my mom, Diana. And uh, so the biggest thing for me is the actual pledge. It's like when you're getting married and you, and you take your vows, like that's not the end of it, right? You don't say, okay, I do hear my vows. I promise to love you. And that's it. Right. <laughs> so, so this is this has really been on my mind is is it's not done, right? Like that's just the beginning, and then you have to start putting the effort in. You have to start walking that out. So when we were reading all these and we we're listening to it, it came to that point of you know I thought about marriage, right? So I thought about when I married my wife. It wasn't like oh, okay, that's it. Hard work's over. You know that. In reality, it was that was the easiest part to say I do. And now it's every day, what am I going to do to be better than the person before to honor those pledges? So, so that's how, that's how I saw it. Um, And then like, as a family, it's how can I honor the pledges? How can I be a better servant when then it reflects to you guys, right? If I'm an example at a moment of, I guess, weakness, then, you know, you guys, because because I always think about clinging, because myself, I don't cling. That's been my biggest thing. It's like, okay, it's hard. Okay, I'm gonna do it on my own. And then isolation. So that's how I saw the pledge was. It's not just to me, it's not just to my wife, it's for all of you guys, it's for me and Yahweh. So that's how I saw it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That was all I was gonna say tonight. <laughs> I'm serious, you can ask Ellen. I, we're working on worship which is next week. And one of the things I told Ellen was that I'm concerned that we're in a state as a family to be like, man, the night season was hard. So day is here. Good job. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) It means good morning, get out of bed, time to go. 
So if that was hard, not that I, not in a bad way, but it's like, you know, when you're planning for a wedding, it's hard. You got dreams, you have aspirations, you're planning, but actually walking down the aisle, you don't just go, oh man, we did a good job. You're like, whoo, that was a lot of work. And now I'm married. You, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's that good. So that was, that was awesome. Has anybody had the knock at the door that we were talking about a couple weeks ago over the, over the two weeks? Mockery, criticism, threats, bow down to something that's not Yahweh. Okay. Okay. Um, before we get into the, the questions, and I hope everybody brought their pledges and like we were saying at the end, if there's no questions, to me, I, w- I would think that that means everybody's got their pledges and they're good to go and they've communicated with their family and rallied their family and all that kind of stuff. So, But one of the things I wanted to highlight a couple weeks ago that I, I didn't have a chance to say was that when you talk about Eber, who was the founder of the Hebrew race, If you look at him in scripture and what he did, his name means crossover, right? Hebrew means crossover people, people from beyond the river. And the reason for that name is because when the Tower of Babel was being built, right, there was all kinds of compromise within the Hebrew race. There was all kinds of people worshiping other gods and essentially trying to build their own names. And so... What Eber did was he took his family, and you can see how this ties in. This man took his family alone, and they went to the other side of the river. They crossed over so that they wouldn't compromise like everybody else was. And it was him and his family, and that's it. He's the founder of the Hebrew race, and he literally safeguarded the legacy that we're all walking out and living out right now, him and his family alone safeguarded that. And it was because of their loyalty. So you can see how powerful this is. And you can see how there might be something that you're doing that you will be mocked and criticized for, that people will make you think you're insane, but because of your loyalty and you demonstrating your faith, it could be you and your family alone could change history and you'll have no idea the impact of that. So we have to think about those things and be encouraged by those things when we're talking about this and these pledges and this loyalty. Because if you go back to the original father of the Hebrew race, we're, we're talking about it now because of what he did. So review these scriptures. Hopefully you guys are talking about these at your homes. Um, I want to open it up for questions because I kind of want to just get a pulse of where everybody's at. I realize that when I gave you guys these um, kind of this guideline or template to work from, that it's extremely open-ended. And so everybody's pledges could look a lot different, however you formatted them, however you developed them. And so just want to kind of get a pulse with some questions on where everybody's at or, you know, whatever, whatever questions or inquiries you guys might have. So let's, let's start there.
Um, do you? <laughs> um, so my first question was, I realized one of the pillars is uh, Ministry of Recon Reconciliation. And just in how I would, I guess in a sense, word or phrase that to be one uh, part of my pledge. I, I see the value in it and the importance in it. And I mean, like going behind someone else's walls and stuff, but how, how to apply it, that it's something that I, that my family lives by. So taking a pillar and how do you develop that into a like a pledge statement for your family? Yeah, but that pillar in particular. Okay. Ministry of Reconciliation. So that's a great question because one of the things I wanted to bring up tonight was pillars and how that can be kind of an easy baseline for you guys to develop pledges from. But if we take... If we just look at this pillar and we talk about the Ministry of Reconciliation first... First things first, right? Super basic is you have to understand what this means. You have to understand where this is in scripture, what it means, what was Apostle Paul really talking about. And really that this is, is a ministry that every believer has. As Apostle Paul states, everybody's been given the ministry of reconciliation. So we have to understand what this is. We also have to understand that it's a duty of ours <laughs> we also have to understand what comes with this, right? So understanding that this is a, 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 a duty or a devotion, right? So this is something that you guys believe in, the ministry of reconciliation. You understand what it means. So then the question becomes, you take this belief, right? If you guys remember... When I say belief, you can make that synonymous with faith, right? Faith without works is dead. And works is how do we define works? What is works? Demonstration of your faith under pressure. Right? I say under pressure because demonstration of your faith isn't enough because then it could be it could be easy, right? You could be only demonstrating your faith when it's easy, but when it comes to being pressured, that's when you start seeing loyalty as a fruit. So if you believe in the ministry of reconciliation, that's gonna be part of your pledge statement that your family is committed to the ministry of reconciliation. And then the next question is, what does that look like for my family to demonstrate that under pressure? So for me, I would think about what are the scenarios that would bring pressure to this belief? What are some circumstances that we could envision that would pressure my faith in this area? Once you envision those things, then you can start to begin to talk about how would you conduct yourself in the context of that situation. What was that? Offense. Yeah. 
So like say, okay, so you are, you believe in the ministry of reconciliation, but the minute you get offended, you drop all this. So a pledge for your family could be, we believe in the ministry of reconciliation and as a demonstration of that, we will safeguard or what would be a, a good way to say that? We will be vigilant about offense. We will walk in forgiveness, right? So walking in forgiveness, being vigilant about that, communication, connection. I mean, there's all kinds of things you could list about that. But because offense is a threat to reconciliation, right? So how are you going to uh, steward your family in dealing with offense, Right could mean we're going to sit at the dinner table every day and deal with our hearts. We're going to deal with offense. We're going to learn how to walk in maturity when people offend us because we're going to, because our family believes in the ministry of reconciliation and you can't reconcile if you're offended yourself. So however you would, I mean, you could state that in a lot of different ways, but basically what you're doing in this scenario is you're taking this belief, which is a pillar. If we listed out all the pillars, I think that would be a good collective baseline for the family that our pledges could, could uh, reflect the DNA that Yahweh has imparted to this house over the last several years, right? That would be a good start or a good baseline. But when you take those pillars and then you boil them down to ministry of reconciliation, we believe in this, we have faith in this, this is how we're going to demonstrate it. And in your case, you, you identified the biggest threat to this is offense. So the way you're going to demonstrate under pressure is dealing with offense and however you would practically do that. Did you have anything to add? No, I feel like if I add, it's just going to add like a whole. There's so many different ways to do this. I think for, for me, the biggest thing with writing pledges is identifying two sides to the coin. It's kind of like with the word with unity, knowing that there's a divestment side and there's a clinging side. So you might identify as you're writing your pledges what it is that you're wanting to divest from in that pledge and what do you want to cling to in that pledge. Um, so like, just like you said, like you identified ministry of reconciliation, well, you're going to divest from offense and in order to combat that, it could be as simple as I pledge to be a communicator. Um, because sometimes it's really hard. When, when we release Ministry of Reconciliation, for example, you'll tend to hear it through one side of the coin. Oh, well, then that just means I am a doormat and I go low and I don't have to have any boundaries. That is not true. In fact, Ministry of Reconciliation could be some of the most confrontational, Eber was alone, right? Noel's talking about isolation. There's a difference between hiding in isolation, but not if you're supposed to isolate from the thing that you're supposed to compromise. So in every, in every pledge, there could be an aspect of seeing it from the pressure side and the non-pressure side. And being able to articulate those, I think, will help be able to identify those pledges. And a lot of it depends on your personality, right? Just generally speaking as a man, right? That could mean, I believe in the ministry of reconciliation. So that means as a man, I can't just not talk. 
Like, I can, I can amen the sermon about the ministry of reconciliation, but that means I actually have to be vulnerable with my wife. It means I have to listen. I have to, I have to communicate about issues, right? Because if you don't, if you believe in this, right? Because faith, faith without works. So if you say you believe in this, and this is where we're getting called to the carpet. If you say you believe in this, then you have to communicate in your house. And I would go so far as to say that you have to be the example of what that looks like in your house, which is extremely difficult for men generally, right? If you can't reconcile issues in your own marriage, don't be trying to reconcile nothing outside. (laughs) No, but really, I mean, let's think about this. If you, if you're not willing to try to reconcile in your own relationship, You're not going to operate in the ministry of reconciliation that Apostle Paul says every single one of you has been given. So, I mean, these pledges are like, that's why I said do it 100% or don't do it. Don't halfway do it and say, yeah, let's put down ministry. What was the pillar? Let's, Let's put that down and then go home and not talk. Right? Did you have another question, dear? No, that was it. Oh. That's kind of where I had gotten in our pledge uh, connection, being one of our pledges. And I just didn't know if it tied to that or if it was separate from that, so that, that clarified it. That was good. Awesome. And it, if it doesn't fall with the, the pillars is just kind of an outline structure. If you're feeling like in my family, one of the things I was going to say is kind of like what Noel was talking about. When you're engaged, right? Remember, we're on the floor of engagement. We're moving into covenant, which means there's an aspect where we don't know the fullness of covenant. Again, chicken and the egg, right? I mean, we understand covenant, but there's an aspect of what he's bringing us into. So if I'm on the floor of engagement, I'm pretty sure 18 years ago, my vows were not different, but I'm sure I've built upon them. So my vows 18 years ago could have been to the the context that I knew in that moment. So I want to encourage us that even though these are, you're bringing your pledges in the sense of this is my final draft, also know that those are vows. And as we begin to walk out of that time of engagement and into those vows, you build upon them. So don't feel like when you're writing these pledges, I have to have all the pledges I'm ever going to understand in covenant because I know many of us 15 years into marriage are like, I didn't even know we were supposed to communicate. So it's like you didn't, you wouldn't have vowed that when you walked down the aisle, you were just like, I'm going to love you for the rest of my life. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, through that, I didn't realize, you know, so you, so, so be encouraged that if, if where you're at is that your foundational pledge is we need connection, for example, it's okay to, to like, to, to throw that out there as your pledge, knowing that we're going to be walking those out and fine tuning them and expressing them. Because that's what I've heard over and over again, is that we haven't seen this before where almost like the, not the rubber meets the road, but 
It's one thing to hear something. It's one thing to believe in it. It's one thing to be all in, like you drank the Kool-Aid, right? It's all right to say that. Like, it's one thing to be like, all right. Steve's like, <laughs> right? It's one thing to like buy into that, but then it's another to then say, this is what I'm gonna walk by. And what's, what, um, which I'll get, I'll get into later, but we're going to be doing something with these pledges. And so they're, they're, think about what it is that is your biggest, I don't know if struggle is the right word, but if I'm engaged and I already know what my trip ups are, those are the things I'm going to put out there and say, I promise you this. So then when it gets tough, you're going to be able to look at that promise. So if it is offense, and if you know, like I usually get away, I, I'll, I'll walk away from the table or I'll hide. Then it's a good thing to put in your pledge when I get, a, to be as specific as when I get offended, that's when I'm going to press in and I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to communicate. And even being able to say some of the things that we've talked about, I'm going to, I'm going to go to that person. I'm going to use a language that says wrong, right, or indifferent. This is where I'm at. Can you help me? I mean, you can get as detailed as that if that's where you are. So if you know that there's something that you're struggling with, it's okay to say, this is what I promise. And that's what it is that you're working on on that floor. I was going to say too, just to throw another, did you have a question? Oh, just to come at this from another angle to help us understand, you can, you can evaluate where you're at by, by you're, demon, you're always demonstrating something, right? Mm -hmm. you, you could sit down and have a list of works. And if you don't know, if you're like, man, I just I don't know what I demonstrate. Ask, ask your kids, <laughs> ask your spouse, like, what do I demonstrate all the time? I don't talk, right? I'm just throwing this out there as like a, a different way to look at this. I don't talk. Uh, what's like, what's another, just a, like a negative demonstration? You're always irritated. Not you, me. Uh, <laughs> You're always angry. Um, You're frustrated. Noel, You're what did you just say? It's too hard. I'm going to do it myself. What? Angry. Let's just take these two demonstrations. Right? I'll do it myself. Well, if this is what you're demonstrating, you made a pledge at some point, or you made a, you, you made something. a pledge at some point that mm -hmm. is causing you to demonstrate, I'll do it myself. So, I mean, this is such a powerful thing because, I mean, how many things do we demonstrate things that you're characterized by things that you do on a regular basis that that's just how you operate right your operation your mode of operation whatever that is normally that's what you're demonstrating there's some type of belief behind it that you said this this is as a result of something this is what i believe and i'm this is what i'm going to do about it Right. So this is also something we could use to dismantle a lot of things as well, because on the other side of uh, a, a man generally coming home and committing to communicating and making it a priority to communicate with my wife and kids means that I'm having to undo this belief, this pledge that I've made that, you know, I don't really I just going to stay to myself. It's better that way. 
or whatever. Um, Which is the nitty gritty work of the pillars. Because it's easy, like he said, to amen blood versus blood. But then when all of a sudden it's in your face of like, oh, what is it that I'm manifesting is another way to say demonstration. When I'm manifesting those things, then you work yourself backwards and then you ultimately get into a place of undoing the pledges and the vows that you've made with another bloodline. Remember Hasatan? I mean, it can just keep going and you break off those pledges in order to be free to have a new pledge to walk out because a lot of the things that we manifest are not who you are. They're not, it was what you pledged outside of what we knew. It's just like when you're engaged, all of a sudden you got to deal with your history because you may not have been raised in a home that taught you that whatever you do at 12 is going to affect your time of engagement. So you're just thinking I'm free until, and then all of a sudden when, then when you're in covenant, then you're like, oh, so, so then when covenant comes, it exposes those things that you had. That's a good thing so that you can dismantle those beliefs to be able to walk out a pledge, not because you just pledged it and said, I promise, but you really know what you're promising and why. All right, let's bring on the more, more questions. questions. I know you guys have just been dying to ask all these questions all week. Here's a question for your questions. Has it been easy or hard to write these things down? Hard? Hard. Easy? Well, I think that kind of lines up with my question of Hold just, on one second. Eric was just saying it's, it was easy and hard. So it was easy because we know what we want to say, but hard when you have to actually craft it out. And just to add to that, Remember when we go, what this is going to do is create a foundation for the day season. Because if the day season is to wake up and do what he's spoken, it's, you're basically creating your family, you and your family's blueprint on how to walk out the day when the door is knocked on. Go ahead, Sally. Um, something that I was kind of feeling <clears throat> could be, I'm, I'm thinking about like the, the act of pledging and saying yes to covenant. And I'm thinking about like the things that could stop us from doing that. And one thing that came to my mind was what if we are struggling with feeling like we can pledge or commit or that we have the follow through or the consistency to actually see like a pledge or a covenant through. Um, I, I don't know, like, is that okay? Would you still write the pledge and then just kind of ask people to hold you accountable? Like, what would that kind of look like? So you're saying if you, if you think you're gonna have a hard, I could be totally, sorry, Reno was asking something. If you have a pledge that you think is going to be difficult, you said, or you can't exactly define it, would you still write it down? Is that what you were saying? Uh, I mean, that could be one aspect. <laughs> or if, uh, like, if you have an issue with commitment, or if you have an issue with follow through, or seeing like something hard through, would you still make the pledge and then just ask people to hold you accountable? Or like, how would that work? I would do that, but I wouldn't do it without 
Okay, so I so do it backwards. So if you have a commitment issue, if you demonstrate a commitment issue, whatever that actually looks like, that's what you're demonstrating and figure out Why? what you believe that's causing you to walk that out. And then once you know what that is, then you can you can like identify it, right? You can work through that. You can establish a, a pledge that is the opposite of that in your life. And then you can ask people to hold you accountable to that. That's what I would do. Well, and you can ultimately break it down to even if, if one of your pledges calls for follow through, but follow through in and of itself needs to be a pledge, then that would be the pledge first. So like it can be like in general, I struggle with follow through, then it would be actually committing and pledging that as a foundation so that the other ones can can like line it's like line upon line precept upon precept so it's it's tackling that so that the rest can be worked out and yeah i mean i think even if if you know it was is going to be hard but you're supposed to pledge it and you've done the work with the belief and all of that i would definitely write it because writing it and putting the pen to the paper and being able to see it that is part of that holding accountable um, to be able to walk those things out. It'll make the part that's difficult easier. It's going to be difficult either way. So. And that's kind of the beauty with covenant, right? This is all by invitation, but once you pledge, once you say I do, it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're going to walk it out and execute it perfectly, right? But that's kind of the beauty of that covenant relationship is that you can make those mistakes and know and have full confidence that that other party, right, whether it's a, a, a family covenant or whether it's with Yahweh, that he's, he's not going to walk out on you, right? Yeah, and foundationally, I just want to remind us that this is the other half of divestment. So this is, can be a scary thing. But at the same time, if we don't have something to lock our eyes onto, it's easy to fall back to go in bed with the things that you knew. So it's almost like, even though it might be hard to say, I promise, and then having to follow through on those promises, at the same time, we have to remember last month, we brought our, our pieces of divestment. So even if you're like, whoa, we're, I, there's so much, I mean, I could pledge I've got like 80 pages of promises, but it's like, if I think about my token of divestment and that's where he has me, then this is the, this is the part where the only, you cannot divest from something and then just stand there. You'll, you'll be pulled back. If you divest from something, you've got to lock eyes on him and you have to cling to that pledge. So it's just the opposite of what you divest. It's a good thing. It, it's something that you're, um, I mean, it's cyclical, right? I mean, Hebrews are not like, well, I'm going to divest. And then when I have fully succeeded in my divestment, then I will move in. That is Greek thinking. You are going to be constant. And I'll, and I'll show a picture of this. If we have time, I can do it on the whiteboard with what I see. But we're going to be in a constant cyclical state of divest, cling, divest, cling, divest, cling. Because that is covenant. It's, it's leaving, cleaving, leaving, cleaving, leaving, cleaving. And so this is all kind of a process on that floor of engagement. 
Also, don't forget what engagement is. There's three different ways to look at engagement. It's not just the process where the wedding ring is on. The, the act of engagement is, is being able to engage the things of heaven, being able to lock eyes on something that he's giving you for that help to be able to move forward. But does that make sense? Like we keep talking about engagement, like we're about to get married, but don't forget engagement is just being in tune. It just means being aware. It means being awake. It means being alive. It means being see, like seizing a moment, taking every opportunity. It, it, uh, well, anyways. So well, using that. that engagement to be able to ask, not just your family, but heaven, what do you see? What have I been laying around with? What do I need to pledge? What is this next season? What does my day season look like? All, all of that. Go ahead, Gabe. Uh, so my question would be, so when we and Ellen were making these, in my mind, I'm thinking with a forefather's spirit, like this would be like, I'm raising, like all of us pretty much, are the first of our families to, to be Hebrew. And so I'm thinking like with everything that we do with, you know, Shabbat and, and the feasts and language and our heritage, uh, would you consider these pledges being foundational for like generations to come, like how you would raise your bloodline? Would you consider them that serious? No. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe's like, I'm going to ask a question because I really want them to know how awesome I am. Yes, I think it's amazing. Well, and I'm saying that in an honoring way. Gabe is like sending me like, can I, is that okay if I talk about, sending me like, not a curriculum, but like a platform on why Shabbat? Not just because we talk about it, but like, what am I supposed to do? I want to study it for myself. Not just because Derek said it, not, not just because mom and dad said there's a candle, but why a candle? Why does the woman light it? Why is there this blessing? What is the prayer? What am I supposed to be doing? I mean, he was able to divulge. This whole Shabbat thing was awkward. As a man, he's like, I realized in the activation of Shabbat, I don't know how to bless my wife. That's an awesome thing because you can be a Christian your whole life and find out after death you never blessed your wife. So then when it gets uncomfortable here on earth, it's because there's this press of like, I get to learn how to be a blessing to my family and how to uplift my family. So he's got this like whole thing about what Shabbat is and how to make it real to the point of Yahweh showing him to bring a plate to the table to collect the elements to to present to his family. It's, it's a powerful thing. So what he's talking about is that forefather spirit is that I better take this serious because if I don't understand Shabbat, because this isn't just like a little thing Kingdom Heirs is doing for a couple months, but what is Shabbat? Because my kids' kids are supposed to know about this, which means if he was never taught, it's up to him to teach his kids to make sure that his boy, I mean, in Exodus, we're about to talk about Pesach. The kid it is a command that the that you t you tell your kids, and 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 we've lost that in our in our in our culture. And so, absolutely, these pledges can be. I mean, we can get into the weeds of like, oh, I'm going to communicate. But what he's talking about is even if they're just foundational, it could be. 
I commit to celebrating his feast. What was the belief on why I didn't? Why didn't I before? What do I believe now? How am I going to do that? When the pressure comes, how am I going to communicate that? That's a huge thing. Your one pledge walking down that aisle might be like, I vow to honor you, Yahweh, because it's what you honored. And I repent for not honoring what you always honored. That's a powerful thing. That could be one pledge alone and it could take the whole, you know, the whole next year or whatever to be able to really solidify that. Because at some point your vow doesn't become a vow that you have to write down, right? It becomes a lifestyle. So sometimes these pledges are just to be able to get us in a place where you're like, oh, I don't even remember my vows because I've just been doing it for, you know, anyways. So yes, absolutely, legacy. Well, to add to that in Psalm 78, if we go back to that scripture and the issue that Yahweh expressed to the people was that fathers, forefathers, didn't impart loyalty to their children or the children yet to be born. So if you, if you just look at that in the, in the opposite way, we have an obligation to impart loyalty to our children and the children that we don't even have yet. I have an obligation as a forefather to impart loyalty to Jalen's children who aren't here yet. So that means that I have to create an environment. I have to create such a family identity that Mm -hmm. he carries that. He's the bridge for that loyalty to span from my generation to his children. So absolutely, yes. I'm just going to write that word down. Because I think that this is a huge... I would think every single person in here would desire, I don't know how many of you have heard this, like when your kids become teenagers, just wait. And I'm like, I rebuke that because my favorite years is this. Look at Jalen's face. I mean, he's my best friend. And that doesn't come from, he was not my best friend. At Rena is not my best friend. It's true. Where is she? I mean. <laughs> she will absolutely be. <laughs> I'm like, how do I explain that? <laughs> Rena, you're just me. Like, you're just another me. So, but like, does that, is that making sense? Like, I want to create a family identity that my 17-year-old would rather spend a Friday evening Shabbating with Kingdom Heirs or on a Saturday being with family than anyone else. And we have that. This is not, you better come. It isn't, it's by all of, he got the same speech all of you did. You don't want to be here? Bye-bye. I, there's nothing in me that wants to hold, if I try to hold it, I'm going to lose it all anyway. So I'm just, it's by the spirit of invitation. But that family identity is what gets carried on. And the reason why I bring this up is I have a friend who started reading, I can't remember what the book was, but she said she started reading about the Israel culture. And she goes, I keep thinking about you because everything, I'm only three chapters in and this book is just so powerful. It's like the families get together from Friday night all the way through Saturday and they don't leave the house and they want to be there. And she's like talking about all this stuff. And I'm like, 
So it's just this, but she said it's so crazy because Western culture, that's not how it is. That's why we have so many identity crises because we don't have a solid foundation. So everybody's going out and trying to find where their identity is versus having identity in the family, not by religion that says you need to be here, but I want you to want to be here. And, and, it, and it's a powerful thing because she kept talking about this and she kept thinking, I just kept thinking about your community and I kept thinking about you and it's just so powerful and this, it's just beautiful and they do this blessing thing she like kept going like this and I was like but she kept going like like they they like the the father just like it's like he wraps their family in their arms and just like and I'm and I'm you know I'm just smiling and she's just talking about this culture but that's the culture of family identity and isn't that powerful that that ultimately that's what these pledges birth if like what Derek is saying if I go from eight to five I mean not just men have it I can be a mom 24 seven. And I'm like, I'm out. I've been mothering all day. I don't know what you want. I don't know what's going on with you, but I'm like, he's talking about not talking. I'll be like, I'm dead at 730. I'm not talking about nothing or what, you know what I mean? We all can struggle with that. Well, there's something in that to be able to, these pledges are building the foundation for that family identity for us to be able to have something to, to grasp onto. It's super powerful. I just wanted to add something just to, just on top of that. It's interesting when you think about that question that Gabe asked as a forefather and men are being called to the carpet in this house. And it's a huge deal because even when you go back to Psalm 78, he's Yahweh's speaking about the rebellion of the fathers, right? If you think about all the terrible things that are happening in this world. If you just think about crime in America, what would you say the root problem is if you could really trace everything back to an origin or a source? What's the, what's the issue? Fatherlessness. I guarantee it. If you study it, if you track it, if you, okay, drug addiction, porn addiction, uh, domestic violence, poverty, like whatever, whatever it is, I guarantee you 99.9% of it is going to be fatherlessness is the issue. Isn't that crazy? And we're, we're in a house where Yahweh is saying, where are the fathers at? And where are the fathers that are going to safeguard the impartation of loyalty to me across generations? Like what we're doing is safeguarding the children that we don't even know that are, that are part of this family. We're safeguarding their trajectory to such an extent, not that they just won't be criminals, right? <laughs> but that they would, they would be, that they would be the ones that would they would be the bridge for the legacy to continue for eight more generations down the road. Yeah. I was just go. thinking of a motto that someone has been like blasting all over the city. I'm just trying to decide if I want to go there or not. Okay, so there's a motto that's out there that says that we are going to make Flagstaff the easiest place to love Jesus. I don't want this to be the easiest. It is, I want this to be the easiest place to stay pure. You know what I mean? Like, 
What is the manifestation of loving Yeshua? Like, let's let's identify some things instead of just, you know what I mean? Like, let's make this the eat. Like, when I talk about family identity, I'm not saying that I want my kids to just stay home, but I want them to be able to openly talk about the struggles that are out there and that make it not, um, not common, but this, it is normal. It is so normal in the world for certain things. I want to make it normal for the things that we stand for. Well, that may not be in this generation, but eight generations from now it can be. But it's got to start. It's got to start somewhere. And so, well, if anyways. you put that, if you put that statement over here, how, how do you? What does that look like to demonstrate that? Sorry. No, you can talk. Go ahead. Um, so my. My question, I think the easiest example would be good to go off of Derek's um, example. But my, ultimately my question is like, what is the pledge then? So if I said ministry of reconciliation and then I begin to like walk that out, that really my issue is connection, that really the, like when I go through all of those, what what do I write on the paper? Like, do, sorry, I'm just really practical and I'm stuck there. So I needed to get out of there. But so like, is my pledge then about connection? Because then ultimately, if I have pledged connection and I'm walking it out, then I will get to the ministry of reconciliation or do I do both? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you use this as a kind of a, so you're basically, what, what I would do is you're putting your moral conviction and your demonstration in one sentence. So ministry of reconciliation could be just kind of like a thing that's pointing you into that. So it could be as simple as I believe in ministry of reconciliation or I believe in connection, so I commit to and it could be as practical as I'm not going to bed until I've been vulnerable. I mean, what, I mean, it could be that practical. Does that, make, does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, it's like you're saying, this is what I believe and this is what I commit to do to walk that out. And you're putting your conviction and what you're gonna do in like one sentence in I prom, it could be I vow, it could be I promise, I commit to, uh, somebody I saw said, I resolve. Um, yeah. So it could be just different ways that you say, this is what I'm committed to. It could be as detailed as a daily thing. It could be an overall thing. Um, it, you know, but I would think that you would put your belief and how you're going to demonstrate it. So if you wanted to write it out, and the reason why we're talking about practically writing it out is because of what we're going to do moving forward. So you want to kind of formulate this onto one page. And so if you want to write it, because remember, there's three different things. You're going to have pledges to him, pledges to, uh, to your uh, like family, and then the community. So you've got your vertical, you have your lateral, and then you have your display on the earth. And that's going to be a little bit different. I might pledge, I might believe the same things for all three of them, but I'm going to walk it out differently. You know, I might have secret time, daily, 
with Yahweh. I'm going to communicate at least once a day with a family member. And then to the dispense of the community, it'll be like, I'm going to try to get more involved. Or, you know what I mean? But it's not like I'm going to have secret time with the community every day. So, you know, it'll just kind of, I mean, you could, but. So connection doesn't become a pledge. Connection becomes your demonstration. That's where I was getting messed up. So my pledge is not to, I mean, it could be. Yeah, it, it kind of depends on how far you want to take it. It could be, I believe in connection, so, so I'm going, I'm going to commit to, okay. or I believe in the Ministry of Reconciliation, so I commit to connect. It kind of just depends on how your brain works and what you need when the pressure comes to be able to say what you're going to do. And if the word connection is enough, and if it's not, then you would need a little bit more detail. Okay. So it could be both. So just kind of walking through the process and then it'll come as far as verbiage, but okay. So just to give you an idea, you could write something down. We will commit to fill in the blank for your belief by fill in the blank for your demonstration. This, this is your pledge for your family. It could look different for everybody. So say you guys make this pledge in the Garland house and then just add which means for Kendra which means whatever. I have to deal with my connection issues, and then you, at least that's written down. Whatever that means, you're going to press into it. It also means I got to deal with this. I got to deal, right? Like these are all your issues down here, right? <laughs> but these are like the individual. This is how you could write it. Here's the family pledge commitment, which means this for me individually. So if you have to, if you have to back yourself out of which means I have to deal with connection, which means if there's an issue hindering you dealing with connection, then you have to deal with that and just kind of list them out so that you know and everybody else knows in your house, this is what mom or this is what my wife is, is committed to in order to uphold this standard for the house. Okay, so every time I think of pledges, I think of the Ten Commandments. So how, how can I make that not the primary focus with these pledges? Or maybe they should be. I mean, the Ten Commandments is a huge foundation to all of the commandments when we get into covenant, and there's 613. And we kind of hone in on the first one, and then we kind of trail off, what's number nine, and do I really need to do it? Like honoring Shabbat. That's a commandment. So, so if you have a totally different format, we, I had somebody come to me and say, I don't know what it is. I just can't get out of Romans 12. So their pledge happens to do with that scripture. And if you look at Romans 12, it's a pretty crazy pledge. It talks about brotherly love and honoring one another. You know what I mean? So if you're feeling like I just can't get out of the 10 commandments, it could be for the first time in your life, making your ten, making the 10 commandments real. You know, being able to honor God and only God. What is that pledge and how am I going to demonstrate that to the earth, to my family, to him? How am I going to honor Shabbat? How am I going to honor mother and father? And what does that really mean? So I don't think that it's, if he's directing you into a certain pl uh, platform or a certain format or a certain thing, I say go with it. Because they are. Pledges or vows are like commandments. They're, I mean, he gave, well, let me see. His commandments to us is that promise from him. 
this is, it's powerful what you're talking about because what you're saying is I want to respond and I can't get out of being able to respond to his promises. So that is how we can respond. Those are the, the instructions that he gave us to respond. So. Yeah, and just to reiterate, like when she brought it, Romans 12, right? When she's bringing that up, just remember this, this is not like it has to be, it has to look like this. Because one of the things that I believe is going to happen is you're going to start to, Yahweh's going to begin to reveal to you your family identity. It's going to be more clear. And your calling even could be revealed out of that place. Because when you start writing these things down, like Romans 12 as an example, there may be a Romans 12 call on your household or your lineage, right? Like I could say Ephesians Two, Ephesians 4 are like banners over our house. There are certain things that Yahweh said that if you looked at our pledges, you, it would be clear. It would be clear that that's what it's about. So um, however you guys feel led, fought, fought, like press that through and just see what he's showing you because it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be awesome. So, Megan. So I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to ask the, uh, my questions now because I feel like you have been answering them. Um, but for the sake of clarity, I'll ask anyway. Um, so I feel like we have a lot of permission with these for them to be really personalized. Um, cause I get stuck, I get stuck in format and in how it should how it should be structured. Um, so like one thing that, that from my end for our family that I've struggled with is seeing the separate, like not that they're separate, but seeing the separation, the Yahweh family and Samaria only because of what I'm walking, the, my personal process. So I'm having a hard time separating things versus seeing it all like as one. Um, so I was just gonna ask, how do I, how do I safeguard that where I, I start feeling like I'm not in an old mindset? And this is really, really personal. So, but I'll feel like I'm talking about Samaria or the community. I'm like, this is that, I mean, for, for all of us, but then I'll feel like, so I don't know how to make a promise that feels separate when like what I'm doing here or the, the heart's turn that I've had is that. Does that make sense? So I feel like you're kind of already answering it in that it's about the the season of life you're in, the, you know, cause I'm thinking, oh, well, this is our, this is on our wall for the next, 40 years or whatever. And so, um, so it could just be where I'm at now mm -hmm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. So, yes. <laughs> so it's okay. So what you're talking about is your personal process of divestment. So in that process, it would be like your, so like what Megan's talking about is, so the, 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 the format is make declarations to Yahweh, make declarations to kingdom heirs, make declarations to community. 
well, what happens when you get engaged to somebody and you have an issue with, I'd actually rather be married to the community than you, and I don't really want to commit to you because I'd rather be with the community. It's okay then to say, I'm, divest I'm not saying that that's what you're saying, but I'm, it's okay to say, I'm divesting from community and all my pledges are going to be on a blood versus blood issue and my community is my family right now. And I think, and that's okay because that is you exposing the issue of divesting and pledging. This is just more of a format for us to recognize that it's not just you and Yahweh. It's also not just you and your family and it's not just you and your community, but there are multiple aspects that you can pledge to. But in that situation, I would say for you, it would be okay to say, and I'm not pledging anything to the community right now because my vows are here. And I think that that's a foundation within any relationship, knowing that going into that relationship, if that makes sense. It would be like somebody saying, I'm trying to give another example. Let's say husband and wife is totally normal, but Yahweh was never a part of it. It's okay to say, I've not, not, not in this regard, but I've nailed being a husband not in that regard, but man, I have not sought after Yahweh. So I'm not going to focus on all my process because in fact, I'm realizing that my wife has become my God and I need her to, she is my Yahweh. So I'm not going to pledge in that regard because I've got to focus on Yahweh. Like you're free to, to, to do those things. Is that another example or make it make sense? Who are you pointing at? Oh, Eric. Um, I don't know if this is this question as much as I just want to say thanks, Dad, so much. What you just shared, because that's exactly where, you know, the like you can start with what Yahweh has spoken over our family and those family, you know, the the, uh, you know, identity that He's given to us. That's where we started. You know, I was struggling, and Ken and I was, and when we talked, we just came to a point today, and we just totally started over with like, what is Yahweh? told us about our family and it's like everything became so clear at that point and I was like this is so different than what I mean in my head it was like so different than what dad was telling us to do you know and and it's like but it just so I really appreciate that I just want to say thank you because that like that's for us it's just a much better place to start so and we'll go from there yeah, somebody gave us their uh, pledges and they sat down as a family and everyone contributed to the pledges and it was just a line of each family member saying, this is what we're gonna pledge. And then they all kind of like agreed on those pledges. Some, some of them have come in that have been extremely individual, so. Um, I have a question about like, are we, um, like in the next generations, are we still allowed to change those pledges or even in the next year with like, um, like with what you said that like your wife became your Yahweh, does that mean we change our pledge or do we focus on a different part of the pledge? And then like in the next generations, they won't be like dealing with the stuff that we're dealing with. So does that mean that they, that they change the pledges or how would that work? Yeah, I envision like family pledges and family identity. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a, um, I'm smiling because we just had this conversation of what happens when, you know, our sons get married and another whole family gets involved. And of course, I'm like, well, they're going to want to be with us because we're, we're the, I mean, that's where the family identity is, right? Like, 
<laughs> but it's a blending, right? So it's like we've got our family identity, but when they get married and then they have their family, they're going to have their pledges and their identity. So it's absolutely going to grow, not change. Be- I, 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 I hesitate to say they're going to change because I don't want these to be like, for the next six months, I am going to pledge to not eat fat. That's not what this is about, right? Like, so it's not like changeable in the sense of like seasonal, like I'm going to try to, yeah, they're not seasonal pledges, but they are moldable. They are, uh, you weren't here when we talked about it. It's like when you give your wedding vows, it's like, of course your vows are your promises. Those are just foundational, but they're going to be in addition to, they're going to grow 15 years in, you're going to add another one. You're going to kind of tweak some of the ones you've said. You're going to communicate a little bit better and be like, oh, is that what we meant? Or, or maybe your pledge doesn't change, but your demonstration does. Your pledge can be the same. I'm going to love you for the rest of my life. And my demonstration has completely changed. You know, so those are the type of things that are going to grow and change. Um, Not a question, but an awesome example, like when dad and I had been communicating about it, um, he had shared with me that like a pledge could be that I believe that the Torah is relevant today as much as it was before. Uh, and that would incorporate or tie in the feasts, that could tie in the commandments, that could tie in a lot of times it's believed that Old Testament is like done with or apparently not important, but it's still there. And yet applying that, like that one simple pledge was such a great example all the way down to as we grow later in our life, it could be to the understanding of we eat by the Torah. We meaning you can have an elementary description of it that continues to mold and grow as you get a deeper knowledge and a deeper understanding so yep that was an awesome just as an example yeah so like a pledge like what he's talking about is like an umbrella it might be like i believe in the torah like i know enough now that it is relevant what's in it how much What do I do? Wait a minute, you're talking about pork? I don't even know anything about eating, but I know that it's relevant. And just having that as a pledge, that's where the manifestation begins to change as you grow deeper and deeper. So absolutely, your pledges can totally be umbrella pledges. Um, So so then you can have one belief and then it fans out, that same belief can fan out into Yahweh and then another can be to your family and then the community. So it's just one belief, but you're demonstrating it three different ways Mm -hmm. depending on your connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. My question is, how would I have, how would I put Yahweh above work? Because I deal with workaholicism, I think. (laughs) But I don't know if I do, so I, I can't really tell. Like, I turned my work bag into a church slash family bag. I don't, how, how would I divest and reattach to Yahweh from workaholicism? Hang out with your mom. (laughs) 
I think the fact that you ask those questions, you're doing it. In the context of pledges, it could be just identifying like what he was talking about, like working yourself backwards. So you're like, okay, I really elevate work. Why? What do I believe about work? And how is that attached to, attached to my identity that that's how I demonstrate? Because he's talking about manifestation or demonstrating. So if you're demonstrating a lot of work, then what is it that you believe about your identity that has to demonstrate a lot of work? When that kind of breaks off, then you just, you create an opposite belief. So let's just say, well, my identity is I'm worth something to someone else if I do something. I have to work because that's, that's the only thing I have. Well, then if that, then when you break down that belief, then the simplicity of the belief of you without work is enough. Okay, so then now your pledge is, I believe I'm enough without work and I'm gonna demonstrate that by, and it could be I have a cutoff time. I'm done at seven o'clock at night and I don't think about it or like I'm going to change my work bag into a study bag. And so anytime I see it, it reminds me, I mean, it could be so many different ways that it demonstrates. Does that make sense? This is why in eight generations, they won't be, because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to answer that because I haven't dealt with that yet. <laughs> I'm like, why don't you figure it out and then come tell me? <laughs> yes. Oh. Okay, or pledges. I just wanted to draw this out to show everybody. Um, and then I kind of want to just give a little bit, am I doing that? Am I saying kind of what we're doing? I kind of forgot what we talked about. I kind of want to give some context to a couple things that are going to happen so you guys know what it is that you're doing with these pledges. Then we'll have Gabby come up. She'll do her awesomeness. And then we have some announcements um, for the things that are coming up. So if you guys remember all the pillars, right? First floor, second floor, we don't need to get into all that, but we know that we're on the floor of engagement. Remember when I said that Yahweh showed me one pillar and that pillar was covenant. As we've been walking this out, I'm starting to recognize, I'm seeing it a little interesting. I'm seeing that we're on this floor and there is one pillar, but there's these small, it's the, it's the other side, it's the coin. So if covenant essentially is true unity, not false unity, but true unity, that requires divestment and clinging or pledges. So I've seen one pillar, but I think what we've been doing as we've walked on this floor of engagement is it's almost like we're engaging the floor and finding things along the way. And when that word came about, you know, unity has two sides to it, I'm seeing that what we're after is true covenant. And while we get there, we're learning about how to divest and how to pledge. And as a family, that's a powerful thing because that's the, tr that's the true aspect of covenant. It's one thing to say, oh yeah, we have a covenant with Yahweh and you never have to divest from anything and you never have to cling to anything. And this is us being able to engage this floor. And I feel like it's cyclical. It's not like, like I said, it's not like you're going to just, you're going to tackle divestment and then we're going to, you know how like we went from the feast to the, it, can you see what I'm talking, like the first floor was like, 
we need to get blood versus blood. Because how can you know him if you don't understand the blood? And how can you know him and not walk in the ministry of reconciliation? And you can't walk in the ministry of reconciliation if you don't walk like him, which is different than the earth. I mean, it was very methodical. Then we go to the second floor and it was kind of like feast was like the whole year while we were engaging the feast, we were learning uh, learning about language, but we didn't want to know about language unless we understood heritage, but it was kind of like all mixed last year. I'm seeing even more of a mixture. I'm seeing covenant is the blaring word, but we are just walking out this process of leaving and cleaving, leaving and cleaving, leaving and cleaving. So I wanted to give that visual and I wanted to just give some context to what's coming. So tonight was the night that we were supposed to bring our pledges. And if you're following along with the way that we've done things, technically tonight would have been the night that you would have brought your pledge and you would have gone to these areas of engagement and had some time with him and with another person if you wanted to submit to someone. How many of you guys remember the powerful bringing your token of divestment? Noel, do you remember that? Like, I remember that. <laughs> it was a powerful night. Well, that was family night. Remember, we all ate, and then we took some time to do it. Uh, we took some time to do that time of divestment. Tonight, you brought your pledges. But we were feeling like we needed some time to... It, it was almost like, it's one thing to bring your divestment, and it's that one token, but as you get closer to covenant, you're like... <laughs> There's a lot I have to cling to. And so we started noticing that there was a lot of questions that were coming up, the practical, the how, what does this look like? What is those pledges? Because they are serious, they're vows and they're forefather foundational things. It, it's not that it's easy, but it's one thing to say, I'm done with that. But then to say, the only way I'm gonna be done with that is if I cling to what I'm supposed to. It's one thing to lay down something. It, well, it's, I'm not saying it's easy. It was hard to lay down Christmas. But it's another to be like, oh, there's, there's, a, there's, there's Pesach? But, you know what I mean? It's like, I, you know, so there's this, there's this aspect of, of that. So we really felt like tonight would be like, bring your pledges because we don't want to dismiss the urgency. We didn't want to say, hey guys, just bring your drafts and we'll get to that later because I know our family. And you'll be like, oh good, I got another week. I'm not gonna ask and I'm not going to make eye contact. But you know what I mean? Like, I know us, and it would be like, okay, well, if we're just going to do Q&A and we're going to get to that next week, then I'm not going to really work on it. But to work on it brings the questions. So tonight, we really wanted to have some discussion and Q&A, and then the plan is next week is worship. If you guys remember, April 1st is... What? Day season is here. It's that good morning kiss. To me, I feel like Yahweh's saying, like... I feel like what he's saying is, <laughs> rise and shine, it's a brand new day. Like, it's that, like, you know, I'm thinking at first, like, ah, finally, the day season, spring. And, and, and it's almost like, no, 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 wake up. Wake up. All of this has been downloaded, and it's been amazing, and it's been in here, and we've been working it out. But day comes, you're going to want these pledges. So if the drafts came tonight, I hope that Q&A helped, because next Friday is going to be that time like we had with the token of divestment, but it's going to be in the context of worship. So we've been working with uh, worship in the sense of what's the atmosphere, what is that encouragement that we need to be able to say, rise and shine, 
the brand new day, it's time to do what we've been talking about, which happens to be kind of a lot. All of last year, feast, heritage, and language, that was like at the end of the last day season. And then now we've been tackling covenant, divestment, and clinging, and it's another day season, which is the time for us to walk it out and to manifest it and to do it. So come with your pledges written. In, like, like as if you were bringing your token of divestment. And if your family does one pledge, I suggest printing it out for every single family member because you're gonna go into your area of engagement during worship and you're gonna get with Yahweh about what you've written. Just like you got with Yahweh about what to bring for divestment, but some powerful things happened corporately when you actually brought it. So when you're doing these vows and these pledges and these commitments, when you bring them, it's gonna be a personal time between you and him to really engage what you've written, okay? That's next week, that's for worship. It's day season, it's morning, it's the good morning kiss. Only two weeks after that, yeah, two weeks after that is Pesach. So what's gonna end up happening is you're gonna take your pledges after you've gotten with Yahweh and someone else if you want to, you're gonna start to walk it out and it's gonna happen really fast. And as you walk out those pledges and those commitments, I can see us fine tuning them. Ooh, yeah, I need to work on that. Ooh, I should add that. Oh man, when I was working on that pledge, I recognize I need to read this or I just can see some fine tuning. It's like when you say I do and then the next day you're like, oh, that's what that vow meant. And then, you know, your husband says, well, can you add this to, the, you know, so, so we're gonna begin to walk that out. We're gonna get through Pesach. What we see is Shavuot is 50 days after Pesach. I don't wanna get into it too much, but there's the counting of the Omar where we're actually as a family gonna count out every single day for the 50 days, which is a refinement in your family because I believe we're gonna be refined in our pledges. At Shavuot, which is so, I don't have enough time, but Shavuot is the wedding. I don't know if you guys remember that, but Shavuot is the ring on the finger. Shavuot is his it, it, the Ruach is like the ultimate wedding ring to say, I promised you this. This is, Pesach is, is getting out of Egypt and then they walked it out. And at Shavuot is when he committed to his people to say, this is my commitment. So what we see with these actual pledges is during Shavuot, when we celebrate that feast, we want to do uh, kind of like a... I don't know how it's gonna be done, but what we wanna do is we actually wanna present these pledges with a seal from us on like a double-sided framed thing where your pledge is on one side, our seal is on the other, and you are commissioned at Shavuot in these pledges to walk them out. So I just want us to know what's coming so that when you're writing these out, they will be on your wall during the day season for you to say, this is what I have committed to. And there's going to be a seal behind it that says, and we approve this and you are commissioned in that pledge. And that is going to be a process from now until Shavuot. And I think it's super powerful. And it's right smack in the middle of day season and, um, and celebrating that feast, which is the wedding covenant. Do you guys remember that from last year? That at Mount Sinai, Acts, I mean, that in itself should just be like Acts, 
It's the action of what he did, and he said, now it's you. And so we get to wear that wedding ring that says, I carry his name. I carry that promise. He committed to me. He got me out of Egypt, and now here is my commitment and my vow back to him, and I'm going to put it on display for the world. That is a huge gift, and that's going to happen at Shavuot. So bring your pledges next week during worship so you can engage those, so you can walk them out to be commissioned at Shavuot. So at some point from now... After worship, before Shavuot, we'll set a date. We actually want you to turn them into us so that we can pray over them, anoint them, and be able to seal them and, and commission you during Shavuot. So just to kind of give a timeline, we got like three weeks to Pesach. We got 50 days after that to Shavuot, and we're going to be commissioned to the things that we've written down. Amen? Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomairsflag.org. Thank you.